Hey everybody, welcome to the pod of DC. I'm your host, Rick Bernstein. I hope you're having a fine, fine day. I wanted to talk a little bit about as a follow-up to our first pod, which was about getting behind the mic and my exploration into the world of voiceover. And I was going back thinking about that pod and reliving that experience. And it really made me think about growing up and how much I enjoyed and remember enjoy reading aloud in front of my peers. I used to always put my hand up in the air and looking at it as somewhat of a production, even in elementary school, we would have programs where we would put on shows and musicals and sing songs and I always enjoyed that. I enjoyed being up on stage in the cafeteria in front of all the moms and siblings and grandparents and putting on a show. And so voiceover has really been a creative outlet but it's also been a performance outlet and I think anyone who approaches voiceover is interested in voiceover and really making a living doing voiceover. You really have to look at it as a performance art. And I was thinking back on the episode and there were so many twists and turns in my career over the last 10 years that I've taken with voiceover. But I wanted to share the story in really the name of the voice of DC, which is really how I established myself once I got into voiceover. So after I cut my demos and I do my training and I'm ready to hit the hit the ground running and make a mint. You think about branding, right? As a business, you put a business plan together and you think about, okay, how am I going to brand myself and put myself out there? I need business cards. I personally love in-person networking events. So I want to have something to show and a website to direct people to. So I was trying to think of what that would look like. And I was hand drawing out logos and exploring with different names, Rick Bernstein voiceover, Rick B V O R B V O all kinds of different names. And I wanted there to be, again, some performance aspect to it, something that just was bigger than just my name and voiceovers. And I landed on the voice of DC and how I landed on that was with the help of a good friend of mine who is a marketing guru and definitely has a good ear and eye for these types of things, but also just thinking about my own backstory. I was born in DC 40 some odd years ago. I grew up in Fredericksburg, Virginia, an hour south of Washington, DC. I went to James Madison University, which was two hours west of Fredericksburg. And then I moved back in 1999 to Northern Virginia and began my professional career. And so I never have really left a two hours left, two hours right, two hours up, two hours down type of geography. And so I really feel like I myself identify with this area, having been born here and then growing up here. And so I thought the voice of DC was appropriate because it just reflected, hey, this is this is home for me. I've traveled. Uh, we've done the back, you know, I've done the backpack across Europe. I drove cross country with a good friend of mine the summer I turned eighteen after high school, and some of those stories are going to be for other pods. But I really feel like I identify with this area. And then I've thought about, wow, well, what else could DC stand for? You know, the voice of diction and clarity and development and community. There's so many things, but when it really comes down to it, it's it's my love and affection for this area. So once I arrived at that name and began putting a website together and putting business cards together, I started thinking of myself as a performer. Okay. So something in your mind kind of switches and you think, okay, I'm I'm now not just somebody who's reading text from a piece of copy, but I'm actually performing words. I'm lifting those words off the page, adding color to them, adding emphasis, adding intonation and 
rhythm, cadence, and a feel to the read. Of course, per the instructions from my client, but also some of these choices you just make innately and instinctually uh, as you're looking at the copy and thinking about what the client wants to get across. So as the voice of DC, you know, I imagine things to be bigger. And so I started branching out and I started reaching out in the community. And part of the way that I feel like I could reach the community is giving back. And I found a great blend of not only practicing my skill sets, but also furthering my brand and also helping an organization with their mission. And that was narrating text for the visually impaired and dyslexic. There are many, many great organizations out there nationwide who focus on audio narrations for those with visual impairments or dyslexia. And I found a couple organizations in DC, the Smithsonian Institute has a tremendous program where they put out a Smithsonian magazine, a Zoogoer magazine, and an Air and Space magazine. There's also Learning Ally, which is another group based in DC that, you know, puts out audiobooks and periodicals and other stories to read for the visually impaired, as well as educational textbooks. And then there's another organization called the Metropolitan Washington Ear, which again is geared towards reading, at least in my experience, was reading the Washington Post. So for two years, I got up at 4.30 in the morning, I retrieved my Washington Post from my driveway, and I narrated the metro section of the Washington Post and kind of deepening my attachment to this area. There's no other section in the Washington Post that really roots itself more in D.C. than the metro section. And so that was what was available. It was on Monday mornings, and I would spend about an hour and a half to two hours reading all the columns and describing the pictures, even delivering the weather report. And it was a great experience to not only kind of hone my chops and hone my sound and listen to myself in the headphones and get used to my voice, but it was also bettering this organization and helping them reach individuals with visual impairments and dyslexia to follow along and read the newspaper through sound. So it was a tremendous experience working with those organizations and time has kind of gotten away from me, but you know, my intention is to continue to give back to the community in that way. But one day I was sitting around and it was during the week and I got a phone call. Now, mind you, I had already put out my branding as far as my website. I had gotten on various websites that are geared towards hiring voice talent. There's uh, websites called voice123voices.com, Bodalgo, and I started putting up my profile and and kind of describing my sound. Hey, I'm kind of, you know, I have a genuine warm sound. I'm the guy next door. This is a little bit about me. These are the types of projects I like working on. And I got a phone call one day and it was from a director of a local pageant and it was for the Mrs. America organization. She had called me, she had found me online and she asked if I had ever done any live announcing before. And I was intrigued immediately. Um, And again, this was kind of digging into that performance performance aspect of being a professional voice actor. We started talking about the pageant, certainly something that I would never picture myself saying, you know, wow, I I could see myself on stage being the host MC for a pageant. Never crossed my mind. But we had that conversation and she said, hey, I need an announcer. I need somebody to read the bios and introduce the contestants. Would you be open to helping us out this year? And again, it doesn't take much for me to uh, get excited about these types of projects. So I immediately said yes. This was back in 2012. And so I became the announcer for the Mrs. DC America pageant. And what that entailed, again, was me being somewhat of a voice of God. So think about Randy Thomas, who is the voice of the Academy Awards, and you hear her introduce 
introducing the awards and the speakers and the presenters and the winners. And so that was my job. Sight unseen, nobody could see me. I was kind of in the back behind where all the attendees were for the pageant. And this was downtown on the campus of GW. And I had my microphone set up. I had my notes in front of me and it was pretty straightforward. I knew my where to hit in the program. The host was on stage. And usually the host for these types of events are someone that are, is well known in the community, maybe a local anchor or weather person or some other local celebrity. It was neat to kind of see behind the scenes, learn about the contestants, arrange the script in a way that was comfortable for me to introduce the contestants. And so I did that for three years. I was the announcer and the voice of God introducing these contestants and, and getting the crowd fired up. Well, one year, I remember the director had said, hey, our host uh, is unable to to do it this year. And this was in 2015. So I had already done three years worth of pageants announcing. And she said, we need a host. Would you be interested in coming out from behind the mic and being on stage? (laughs) And what do you think I said? Absolutely. (laughs) A resounding yes. Again, more of the performance art. So much more to it now, right? So not only would I take on all the duties of being the announcer, but I would also be on stage in front of everybody at a live event two to 300 people. There's little room for error when you're under that type of microscope and those hot stage lights. But in 2015, there was a great group of contestants who made me, I don't know if they knew, but they made me feel as comfortable, hopefully, as I made them feel comfortable. And that's what I always pride myself in doing for these contestants is that they're taking a risk. They're putting themselves out there. They have friends and family that are watching and supporting them. And they're taking that risk. And I felt very vulnerable myself being out there for the first time. And we had an incredible event and it went well. I think the only thing that didn't go well was my tux and how it fitted. <laughs> I, I could have updated my wardrobe. I had purchased a tux, but I was uh, I had shed a few pounds and it was a little boxy and big on me. But other than that, we had a great night. And I tell you, being up at the podium, I have my notes in front of me. You know, I read, I introduce judges, I introduce the sponsors. We introduce the contestants. The contestants get up for different competitions swimsuit. There's a kind of a spirit wear level to the competition, which is something reflective of DC. And there's an evening wear. And then we get into questions and then the finalists. And then ultimately we announce the winners. And so there's multiple facets to the program. But what I really gained appreciation for was this organization and the ladies who were taking part in it. Uh, What people might not know about the Mrs. America organization is much of it is driven by philanthropy. So all of these women are declaring platforms and really advocating um, and giving a voice to the voiceless for so many issues, whether it be mental health awareness, domestic violence survivors, fighting cancer, veterans. I mean, there's so many stories out there that these contestants have lived themselves or know someone who's lived through it and want to be an advocate and be a, a public face to. And so you learn these things, which you might not normally think of in a pageant. It made me respect the organization. It made me respect the contestants and just the whole process that much more once you really learn behind the scenes what's going on. And so in 2015 was my first year being the host of the Mrs. DC America pageant. And I'll tell you, I I just, it hit me there where I finally felt like I embodied the moniker that I gave myself, the voice of DC. I just felt like I was embedded with the community. You know, again, someone who's always lived in and around this area his entire life. But now, here I am on stage, and this was at the Embassy of France where we had a few pageants. And then the ultimate honor last year, being on the stage for the Mrs. DC America pageant 
at the John F. Kennedy Center for Performing Arts. I, I don't know that it gets any bigger stage-wise in the D.C. area. And so it was really through this experience that I found my voice. I found what I wanted to do with the voice of D.C. It wasn't just lifting words off of a page, but there was a performance piece to it. There was being on stage. And for me personally, I'm as comfortable uh, with a mic in my hand in front of a couple hundred people as I would be one-to-one having a conversation. I just, I enjoy that type of interaction. And it's kind of fun in the, in the Mrs. Pageants. We, at least this is what I do as a host. You know, I get to know these families and I get into the crowd and interview the husbands and the kids and the families and the grandparents and everybody's so proud and gushing and it's just a feel-good moment and we make some jokes and laughs and learn about what the family has gone through while their their family member is uh, is on stage, their contestant, and they have their signs and they're cheering. It's just, it's just a wonderful atmosphere. It was through this experience and I'm very indebted to the director of the organization of the Mrs. DC America pageant, as well as the former director of the Mrs. Pennsylvania America pageant and Mrs. Delaware America pageant. I was pulled over into doing those as well over the course of the last few years. So it's been over a dozen pageants later that I've been able to get on stage and connect with different audiences across different geographies in wonderful venues, opera houses and historic theaters, university arts centers. It's been a blast. But I really feel like I found my voice and the performance side of my voice doing these. Much like how the contestants, I think, find their voice in finding a platform, something they believe in and want to advocate for and really spread good in their communities. So anyway, this Saturday, June 27th, 2020, we are bringing the Mrs. DC America pageant as well as the Miss DC for America pageant. We're combining two pageants into one virtually online. And so you'll see me post on my Facebook page at Rick Bernstein all about the pageant. Would love for you guys to join. Given the circumstances this year, this was how we wanted to bring the pageant to you all. If you've never taken part, certainly this is a little different than what a live event would be like, but highly recommend you join join and just learn a little bit more about these women. There really are some credible individuals, families, women in this community. I'm very, very proud to be the voice of DC. So we're going to cut the pot at that, but hope you guys are having a great week and continue to have a great week. If you can join us for the Mrs. DC America pageant and Miss DC for America pageant this weekend, we'd love to have you. We're going to have a lot of fun and you take care of you and your own and we'll talk soon.